0: Welcome to the Cracked Pots Podcast. I'm Pastor Rebecca.
1: And I'm Pastor Chad.
0: And we had kind of a different service this past weekend. Um, I was not there, but I was there. <laughs> I, I was there not only in spirit, but in video. Um, we, we I did was there in crutches. <laughs> yeah, I up with that. That's uh, goofy. Um, the, the crippled Chad. Yeah, that's yeah, fun. Yeah, some... Some problems you're, you're figuring out.
1: <laughs> so supposedly it was gout. No more crutches. I'm walking again. I can get a shoe on my foot again.
0: They got they got you all all figured out and life, and uh, medicated. Something like that. All right. Life is good. Um. So yeah, we did this, uh, this pathways, uh, and I'm sorry if you hear some clicking in the background, um, we're doing this today in my office instead of in the sanctuary and my dog is in here.
1: George is feeling frisky.
0: And George is saying hi to Chad and so his toenails are kind of, um, scraping on the ground. So that's what you're hearing if you hear some clicking in the background. Um, (laughs) anyway, I've got to make the caveat for George. Um... So yeah we were we did uh, uh, a what we called a pathway service, which was a service that was um, focused on kind of what um, being in one of our small groups, a pathway small group would would be like yeah. and the the topic that we chose or I should say one of the groups chose because this is one of our our um, one of our groups asked me to- come sit in on on one of their sessions one time and when i did that they asked if um, we could do this as a worship service because they were like you know we really think people ought to experience this in some way so that they really kind of understand what it is because i don't think people you know fully understand or get what it is and this would be a really good way to to let them experience it so we gave it a crack so we said okay what the heck we'll try it
1: and we figure for the podcast we'll give it a crack yeah, I mean the nice thing is like the the service naturally has, you know, reflection questions and discussion questions, which you know kind of were the bulk of the, the knee type part of the worship service. Right, um, it was good. I think it was it was good for people to. I, l- I generally like to get people. I generally like to get people to express 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 themselves, um, and and see what. See how they see what's you know, often, often worship's worship is you know, me or me or you kind of doing all the talking. And I mean, I like to talk, um, don't get me wrong, but it, it is there is something, and I, I wish. I wish on a regular basis people were more willing to have that conversation. Right. I would love. Th- I would love. And again, our sanctuary is not set up that way. You know, I joked around at different points. Hey, let's rip out all the pews and put chairs in so we can, you know, set the sanctuary up differently that people can actually have a discussion and worship. But then, you know, people, you know, like literally no. have a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. They were um, like, mm-hmm, so we're not no. going to do that. But I mean, I think there is some value in that community discussion. Uh, we had some. We had some pretty good discussions. Um, you know how are you you know, I, it, it was helpful it was helpful um, did everybody enjoy it i'm sure not cuz it's a group of people and getting a whole bigger group of people to enjoy everything is yeah to, to
0: agree on anything is never yeah, never it's not a thing. something that happens but um, sandy one of our facilitators um, did say that she had several people that um, came up to her afterwards, yeah. and, and we're kind of like, you know, now I'm interested, I, I kind of want to learn more. In fact, she has, I think, somebody who's going to be yeah. visiting her group <laughs> to, to sit in on it, because... Yeah, um, so
1: the, the idea with the pathways is kind of twofold. Um, one is small group build community. You build those relationships, get to know someone in the congregation you may or may not know well. And the goal for us was to not necessarily put people together who already knew each other, like, extremely well. Right. Um, So you're building relationships with other members in the congregation, which I think is super helpful. And then the other piece is Pathways is really kind of a...
0: Educational.
1: Yeah, kind of an educational, practical theology, you know, talk about prayer talk about how to read scripture and then what do you do with it spiritual gifts those types of so it's 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 that tangible okay so i come to church great now what
0: right and 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 you know what a lot of people normally associate you know when you're thinking small groups or something like that is that it's a bible study you're going to pull out a book of the bible and you're going to you know go through it verse by verse or something like that that's not what this is um this is more of a um kind of a, like you said, practical theology from the standpoint of here's how we approach Scripture. Here's how we read Scripture. Um, this is, you know, one of the biggest struggles that we have when we when we read Scripture and interpret Scripture is what am I reading? Yeah. Um, and so that's one of the things, the video, um, which you can find our video if you did not watch the service and you want to watch what the video is. Uh, it was the Introduction to Bible session. Um... That is on our website under Pathways and under the the Bible Study section. It was it's the first video, um, but or you can actually just go watch the service because yep. <laughs> we have those we have those up on our website as well. Um, but the the point being is this is not telling you what to think about Scripture. This is telling you how to go about reading scripture, um, and how to go about an, an, you know, understanding when you do do a Bible study, how do you begin the process of approaching it? Yeah. Um, especially if you do not have somebody there who is well-versed in in, you know, in the Bible and has gone to seminary and, and things like that. Uh, these, are, these are things we learn in seminary. Um, it's kind of what this is. this is. These are the things yeah. that we learn. It's it's about where do you find resources? I,
1: th- I think I think this is more gentle. It is. Oh, it's way I more mean, we've, gentle. We've we've both talked about you know that that, that first first, <laughs> first first plunge into seminary. My hope
0: is to make people still still love to do Bible study. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, really,
1: the, the seminary a lot of it is sort of deconstructing you know some. So most likely bad theology that you picked up in Sunday school, mm-hmm. um, and reopen the Bible in in I don't want to say new ways because it's they're not new ways they're new to uh, they're new to you new to you it's like a used car right it's, right it's like well it's not a new car but it's new to you yeah um, the Bible is not new like seminary is not teaching you a different Bible
0: yeah these same and Bible. these aren't new methods of study or anything Correct. along those it's lines. just saying hey
1: listen like there are, there are multiple ways to approach this and address this. So that's what we're trying to introduce, at least in this section, that's what this section is about. Right, that's what this
0: section was about. Um, The the Pathways in general has three basic sections. Um, There's like seven sessions on prayer, or maybe six sessions on prayer, six or seven on prayer, and then six or seven on Bible study. Um, I wanna say the sevens in the Bible study. And then we have three sessions in service, um, which is about, okay, now, how do you take this into the world kind of, kind of thing? What, do, what are you doing? Um, how do you figure out what your calling is? That kind of stuff.
1: So it, it was interesting on all the services run together, so I don't know. Like the first reflection <laughs> question was like, what's your favorite Bible passage, right? Right. I was shocked that the majority were Old Testament.
0: Interesting. The
1: majority of the, of the texts it's Jesus calling. Um, Say so why didn't you like the New Testament? <laughs> Sorry, we're in my office, um, which
0: means the phone's going to ring. Um, Apologize for that.
1: <laughs> but there, was more people brought up Old Testament verses, which I just thought was really, really interesting. Like, how is that? I, I was shocked by that. I was shocked by that.
0: Yeah, um, I don't well, know, like but I'm not, and I'll tell you why. The vast majority of the New Testament is a bunch of letters. Where you get your actual stories yeah, is I mean, from the Old Testament. The New Testament that. doesn't have stories. I mean, you get the stories of Jesus, yes.
1: Right. But, like, I mean, as a Christian, I yeah. figuring like we were getting Gospels.
0: Um, um
1: I, I thought that I expected a lot of Jesus, stuff. but
0: those stories are more—they're parables. They're you know, his—he's his going around doing things, um, and I, I think for people when they when they connect with something, the, the, what I love about the Old Testament, because you know me and and my love for the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, um, what I have always appreciated about the Old Testament is how in its own weird way how relatable it is because it is a commentary on basically humanity, the human condition. Um, so you can see yourself, even though these are stories of people in power and most of us don't have power, um, <laughs> but but we see them behaving in ways we understand. A- and we see them behaving in ways we, we absolutely are like oh yeah I can see how that yeah that would that would be and so we connect with those stories and to me that's kind of the beauty of the Old Testament is it doesn't uh, sanitize the stories no. it leaves them messy it yes. leaves them very messy um, very and I that is what I have always appreciated and what to me has made them so relatable and true is that it's like yeah these are messy horrid stories. Yeah. But when you look at our world, I mean, it's a messy, sometimes really kind of horrid place. So it's true to true to life. And as much as we love Jesus, I think we have a hard time connecting to Jesus sometimes because he's so perfect. We aren't. And so we say, "Oh, okay, there's Jesus doing this. That's awesome, and I love that." But I'm a little bit more like this person. (laughs) You know, I'm. I'm a little. I don't.
1: I don't really have a favorite. I don't know. Really I have a favorite.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I think if I, it would be Old Testament. Yeah. let I don't like anything in the Old Testament. But I mean, I, I the only the, the only thing I could could come up with was Paul. There's neither slave nor Jew. I know. i, I you, it's she not like, a story. She, she but she yeah. yeah like, Seriously, yeah. like that's your favorite Bible passage. But I think that's, for me, yeah. you know, that whole there's neither slave nor Jew. You know, no Greek, Yeah. Galatians. Free, I, I like. I just. So, that resonates with me because it.
0: My my favorite's really weird. Revelation. No, actually, it is not in Revelation. Believe it. Upset or, of no. the century. No, it is not. It's actually in Exodus thirty-three-three.
1: What is Exodus thirty-three-three? Someone might
0: ask. <laughs> Exodus thirty-three-three is when you have Moses in, um, you know. Uh, is talking to God and God is a little irritated with the Israelites and basically he says look I'm going to give you the promised land Um, I'm going to send you you know up into the promised land um, and this land flowing with milk and honey and all of that kind of stuff but you're a stiff necked people and because I might kill you on the way I'm not going to go with you yeah, and it's like, I'm, I'm not going with you, you know, I'm going to give you the, you go into the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you're stiff-necked people and I might kill you on the way. And you're sitting there going, Pastor Rebecca, why on earth is this one of your favorite Bible verses? I'm like, the reason it's one of my favorite Bible verses is God sounds like my mom.
1: Uh. Yeah, the divine parent. Yes. Yeah,
0: that's true. Th- this is this is God being fed up. Like my mom and my brother and I were in the car and we were arguing about something and she finally would just turn around and be like, "I'm gonna smack your heads together if you don't knock it off." Yeah. That, uh, I mean, if you don't knock it off, I'm gonna kill that's you. That's true. I'm gonna that's, kill you. That's
1: kind of divine, <laughs> divine moment that
0: parenting. that moment of. I love you, but I I, I want to hurt you right now because <laughs> you're 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 ticking me off.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: And there's something so relatable to me about God in that moment. Of uh, wow, God sounds like my mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when when we were my brother and I were being being stupid and doing something dumb, um, God sounds like my mom. But, you know, uh, one of the, the questions it asks is, is what role has it played in your life and how has God spoken to you through it? And I think that's kind of sort of the, the um, I guess the, what I would say is that it, the role it has played is it helped, it helped me see God in that parent role of how a parent loves a child. And yet, God can get really mad at that child because we do things that hurt each other.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, One of my seminary professors used to say, the wrath of God is God getting mad when someone God loves hurts someone else God loves.
1: Yeah. Yeah, as a parent, I was so glad, like many parents, when school starts, right? Mm -hmm. So you have the summer, you have summer break, which I don't understand summer break, but that's a whole other issue. Um, you have summer break, and by the end of summer break, my kids, re- like, they're tired of each other. Like, they need something different. So that last week in particular, oh, it was brutal. And now, school started, and they're friends again. <laughs> There's a little bit of harmony in the house with the kids, not ready to scream at each other. This morning was a little rough, but in general... Other yeah. than mornings and bedtime, they get along again. Like, it's crazy. I think for me, like, the role it played, um, I grew up in a pretty... Um, un, I don't want to say uncultured, because that's not... That, um, a non-diverse upbringing, generally speaking. There was not a whole lot of diversity in you know, where I grew mm-hmm. up, you know, high school, college... Um, so I mean I think that verse for me from from Paul it kind of reminds me that listen there's like there are other people out there and God loves them too and we should try we should try too to like get over ourselves and um, you know put other people maybe, maybe it's okay to put other people first like we can actually like other people before ourselves and and find ways to to kind of get along yeah um, well with.
0: just because i want this doesn't mean it's what's best for everybody right. and and
1: but we've lost we've lost that as society yeah um, yeah I, um, I was at so th- this is a really this is a good one-liner um <laughs> i was at a meeting this morning uh housing affordable housing workforce housing um Panel discussion, I forget the symposium, I don't know what they called it, it doesn't really matter. But um, somebody said, you know, Martin County is the selfish capital of the world. I'm not sure Martin County isn't the selfish capital of the world. And they went, wow, like that's harsh. Now, I mean, I think Martin County is an extremely generous community. Yes. Extremely yeah. generous. There are more registered nonprofits than businesses, and those nonprofits aren't here and and surviving because there are generous people so don't hear that as they're not generous people they're very people in this community are very very generous but also in this community there's there's also a sense of um well i'll give money for it i'll I'll give to it so i don't have to deal with it here
0: right i don't want to see it right
1: you know we have no men's shelters in this community so if a family goes in ends up homeless there's a the lady from the Salvation Army told a story this morning that um, a family came into shelter the dad decided it was best for the family to go into shelter he lived in his car for a year while the family was in shelter so they could save the money they needed mm-hmm. to get to get out of there just that I mean that's horrific so I think for me that you know, for, I resonate with all those verses you know any of those verses even in the Old Testament um, that, that talk about you know, caring for the poor caring for the vulnerable because frankly there should that, be no poor among you because then frankly it's Jesus's ministry
0: mm-hmm. Jesus's ministry
1: was about the vulnerable and we don't we don't view ourselves as vulnerable but we are we're all vulnerable in, in our in, in some way, shape or form they're just some people are more marginalized than others right and Jesus was always 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 with those people in the margins
0: and so was God. Right. I mean that's correct. That's, that's, that's correct. that's one of the things that um, well, I have been noticing as I go through I think I
1: think one of the the questions later is what does it mean that the word became flesh? right and and right. So when we say that Jesus cares for, well, that's because Jesus is the embodiment of God's Word. right. So yeah, it's but it's easy for us to say, well, old testament god is harsh and god is you know the plagues and all that kind of stuff no, no no jesus is the embodiment of so if jesus is the embodiment of then therefore that means that god was equally compassionate and if you really
0: if you really pay attention if you
1: really pay attention and you like you decide you want to read like deuteronomy like like,
0: like dorky people like me do like, it's in there like yeah
1: it's in there caring for the poor is it's it's a it's a it's a it's it's a core it's a core value the, of, of our faith.
0: Yeah, I think I think where people get caught up um, when they they think about the Hebrew Scriptures versus the New Testament is that you have a lot of um, God's diversity mingled in there. So there is the mercy, there is the grace, there's the justice, all of this stuff, but you also get to see God getting ticked off (laughs) and it, for whatever reason, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, um, you know, when somebody gives you a compliment, you, you don't remember it nearly as much as, um, when somebody criticizes you. Um, you remember the punishments more than you remember the, the the accolades and the affirmations and things like that. And I think that's part of what we do is. So when we look at, um, the old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures, we tend to, um, we tend to focus on the things that are negative.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's what we do. Yeah. And we're kind of wired that way and, and trying to change that wiring is hard, but if I think we I think And we and you got
0: realize that it, it that isn't missing from Jesus. Jesus was not always super nice to people. Yeah. Let's just, you know woman <laughs> Well, woman, I, I mean, he had some fun insults, whitewashed tombs. Yeah. Um he, he called people you know, whitewashed tombs. Yeah. Um, brood of vipers, uh, you know. So um, some
1: tables.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you blind, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he he kind of, he, he was not shy about throwing some insults around. Right. But we don't, that's not what we. That's how we cling to. That's not she, the part we cling to. We want to.
1: Jesus to be sanitized.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, Jesus is the nicey Jesus. From from birth, he's not the one from, in there flipping from birth tables. From to resurrection,
1: we want Jesus to be sanitized. Yeah,
0: he's not the one in there. They're flipping tables and making people mad. Yep. Yep. Um, and recognizing that you know that's that's kind of there was some some let's call it righteous anger. Um, yep. in the midst of that, yep. where he would get fed up with things, and you know it would it would come out, and I would I would say in not the nicest of terms um you know i don't know that we have biblical swearing but uh, my guess is that he probably did at one point in time sometimes but cuz like i said he had some pretty good insults for for people yeah um and you know some of those parables he tells they're it, cutting they're they're very cutting um and you know we have we have problems listening to some of them because they cut us and we we try to avoid them and pretend like, well, yeah, okay, that's that's not what we want to hear. That's not what we want to talk about. Um, But... So one of the other questions was, how do we typically approach Scripture? Um, do, do you just open it up and see what it has to say? Do you read it um, cover to cover? Do you read it chronologically? Do you What's read it the some text other way? For the sermon
1: this week? Okay, that's let's. how
0: you and I typically tend to read it these days, because that's you know we spend our, our week focused on a particular text, trying to figure out how we're going to um, make make a twelve to fifteen minute message out of that. <laughs> I think. So
1: I think. It, it really depends on your on your lifestyle. I, I think, like, a simple daily devotion is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's a little verse for a day and a little commentary on it. I think I find those to be really helpful, especially, like, if you're super busy. I think that's awesome. Um, I think, I, I, I know at least in the Lutheran Study Bible, in the back there's a, there's a daily reading plan. Mm-hmm. And I've gone through that, and they have a couple different. They have, like, a abbreviated, I don't know how they break it down, like, almost like a small, medium, and large. Um, and I found I found that to be really helpful because it takes you through Scripture in a little more organized fashion. Yeah. Because it's not just a start at Genesis and keep reading.
0: Well, and like I point out in the pointed out in the video, um, it you got to remember Scripture is not um, a book.
1: Not a mean, novel. We,
0: it, yeah, it's not a novel. It's a collection of a whole bunch of different kinds of books. Um, and it's a, it's a library. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a little library full of all these different, um, encounters with the divine and their understandings, their interpretations, um, their recordings of, of what God said to them and, you know, what they thought that meant and, uh, conveying that, you know, as, as a book of faith through, um, you know, the ages in terms of, you know, recognizing that people get so hung up on, you know, the historical factual accuracy of scripture sometimes. Well,
1: so many people have, have this belief or have been taught that it is the word that God literally wrote it. Yeah. Like, like took, but there's people that believe that. Yeah. I know that, you know, God literally like, it's almost like God reached down and held your hand and like, trace the letters out
0: well so in, in Islam that's kind of sort of what it was dictation, dictation for the Quran that is the understanding is that um, the Quran was dictation Muhammad sat and the angel told him here's what you write and so he wrote it all down and you have places in the Bible where that does happen Correct. you, you have some, some prophets who were like okay the, the Lord said to me blah Correct. and you know and thus write this, says the Lord and, and write this down and so you know you know, wrote it down and 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 did that but that those are very specific and honestly they're few and far between the vast majority of scripture um is either narrative or it's poetry or it's um lament um letters i mean the entire new testament with the exception of the gospels is just letters It's, you know, it's, it's just writing to, to congregations saying, (laughs) um, just for five minutes, will you stop being stupid? You know, (laughs) it's kind (laughs) of, it's like, I'm begging you. And they wrote back, no. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was a little meme out, um, that, that was like, so, so here's basically how all of Paul's letters go. Um, it's, you know, great, grace and peace to you. Um, you know. Here's all the wonderful things you're doing. Um, and for the love of, of, of God, can you guys please just act normal for like five minutes? And then Timothy says hi. <laughs> you know, it's this <laughs> you know, um, kind of uh, thing. And it's, you know, you can sort of sense the frustration sometimes, I think, that Paul had in trying to get these new faith communities off the ground, get them to to live together in community Mm -hmm. and not fight constantly. And Corinth, in particular, seemed to have a lot of problems um, and a lot of strife and a lot of issues. And so did the church in Ephesus. Um, You know, those churches uh, were um, kind of... They just seemed to, to, to be these melting pots of of diversity that was causing strife um, because you had all these people from all these different backgrounds that really were trying to kind of come together in a way that they'd never done that before but in terms of you know how i have always um approached scripture before i became a pastor um like i said it's very different now as a pastor because now it's our job to you know we're, we're given texts and it's like okay yeah. this is this is what i'm reading for the week And I sit and meditate on it all week and um, figure out what what it's saying to me. But prior to that, um, I spent, I think probably if I was trying to read all of scripture, uh, I, I, I did a lot of the chronological kind of reading because I recognized that some of these books didn't seem to be in order
1: right and it, and it gets it's confusing it gets yeah. confusing
0: it, it got confusing you know you've got these prophets that are in the middle of first and second kings and then you got first and second chronicles and yeah. you know and all this this kind of stuff so I, I found some of those chronological ones to be very helpful at least in terms of putting the story together to you
1: orient yourself right because it's really easy to get disoriented in scripture
0: right yeah it's like okay so now we have all these prophets what are they what you know and and when you completely remove the prophets from the the events that they were speaking into um you kind of don't really get the full sense of what they're what they're addressing or why they're you know it's like ah why are they so grumpy yeah (laughs) oh man you know you wicked people what the heck
1: you cows of my favorite. My the cows favorite, of Bashan. My favorite line in scripture is, You cows of Bashan. The basically, cows hey, Bashan. hey, fatty, stop being lazy and get to work. <laughs> like, oh. Is that Amos? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Amos and the cows of Bashan.
1: Oh, wow, that's a little harsh.
0: Yeah. Well, Amos, Amos has some good stuff, though, yeah. man. I mean, he really goes into the name-calling for decadence and stuff like that. I
1: think, like I think that. Amos, Amos was my favorite prophet. Yeah. If I had to pick an Old Testament book, I'd probably go Amos. Amos or Micah. But, you know, you gotta like Amos, he just kind of calls it out.
0: He does. He's he's real good at that. Which um, is kind of a
1: prophet thing in general. but Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, it, it's not as long and, and you know, all over the place as, is like, Isaiah. It's probably
1: also why I like it because it's digestible. It's short.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's short. It's, like... Yeah. Six chapters or something, yeah, something like that. Like that. Yeah. Pretty short. yeah, it's pretty short. It's a pretty short one. It's why, why you also like the Gospel of Mark? Uh, I <laughs> like Mark because one. Mark just
1: bam just <laughs> gets to the point.
0: Um, but uh, I,
1: I'm, I'm 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 cheating and skipping ahead a little bit. Yeah,
0: well, we're gonna go ahead.
1: So, like, the first question is kind of hard for us to talk about, but that second question on the rainbow, the rainbow piece, right? That was really interesting. We had some really good discussion and worship on that. Um, and basically, the video talks, Pastor Rebecca in the video talks about um, you know light coming into a prism and projects out a rainbow. And if you're reading scripture, you're not just going to pull one color of the rainbow.
0: Um, you're not going to put, yeah. And, and the colors be signifying kind of the meaning that comes out of, of scripture. Right, right. And that there's a multitude of meaning. And for whatever reason, we try to grab hold of like the one. Like one color, one meaning, and that's what it means, yeah. period. And that's not really yeah. what Scripture's doing.
1: Well, I also think it's interesting, I brought this up in at least one of the services, you know, I, I've, one of my fears, you know, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm alone, but it's like, man, how am I going to preach a sermon on the same text over, and over? it's like Christmas, Easter, you know, the holidays, the church, I mean, if you're a pastor long enough, you're preaching on all of them multiple times, but like, some of them are every year. Like how it's the same story but it's never the same sermon because we're never the same right the world's never the same we're not the same and you get you get to you you read and and you can read any text today and you can read it in 4 months pick a random time frame and read it again and something else, something different is going to stand out yeah because you're a different person, the world is a different place. I just like that fascinates me with scripture. You know, talk. I know when we talk about the living word. It's not really what it means, but yeah. it is what it means. Also, because it, like, it's it lives within us and within the world, and it it, it fascinates me. That you can take the same text and you can read it today, and it's different than when you read it
0: a year ago a year ago well and it fascinates me it yeah it's fascinating and um, it kind of also depends so Mark Allen Powell who is um, a I think he's Lutheran he is yeah uh, uh, I, I think Mark uh, Allen Powell is Lutheran, maybe. She's a Lutheran maybe he's a Lutheran seminary yeah uh, That doesn't doesn't always mean he's Lutheran. Lutheran. No, I answered. Yeah, he's Lutheran. Uh, uh, Well, he he contributed to um, one of the Lutheran like how to study the Bible kind of things. Um, So yeah, I think I think Mark Almpezel. Anyway, point being, he's a you know former and Stark professor um, writes a lot of books. But one of the the things he he did in terms of you know he he points out the research that they did of uh, the story of the prodigal son and how they went to different continents and asked different people. Um, So they asked Americans what the story was about, they asked Russians what the story was about, and they asked Africans, um, people in in, um, Africa, what the story was about. Um, And my apologies, I know Africa is not actually a country, it is a continent. Um, I'm not sure which uh, country within Africa they they went to. Um, But the... Question that was asked, what is that story about? And, of course, Americans immediately go, oh, well, it's about an entitled little guy who, you know, goes and squanders his wealth and then comes running home. And the uh, Russians said it was a story about famine because there's a famine in the story and kids starving. And... When they asked the uh, people in the, the country in, in Africa what uh, the story was about, they said it was about hospitality, and no one would give him hospitality when, you know, he, he wound up in the trough and um, all those other kinds of things.
1: Mark Allen Powell is Lutheran. Okay. And was born in Gainesville, Florida.
0: Well, I do you know about that. He's a gator. I do you know about that. Huh. <laughs> go figure. You're suddenly, ah, now I really like Mark Allen Powell. <laughs> he did
1: not go to the University <laughs> of Florida. Florida, yeah. Okay. But
0: but he was born there. He was born there. Good good for good for Mark. Yeah. Um But yeah, it's it's that, that notion of when you have these different perspectives, you have these different um phases and times of your life, things like that, that you you hear stories different. We have
1: to be be open to the fact that other people may hear stories differently, too.
0: Which is part of what's important about doing Bible study in community. Right. Um, And I think I I, I go over that in that video, too, is I say, you know, yes, you can study Scripture on your own, but don't only do it on your own, because you need those other voices. You need to hear... Other people's perspectives and opinions, and how it's speaking to them, because otherwise you get really turned in on yourself and thinking, "Oh, well, this is you know, this is what it means to me, so this is what it must just mean." Yeah, and and that
1: is kind of where we're at as a world, right? Like we're very much as a world right now, turned in on ourselves and
0: echo chambery, echo chambery,
1: and it's not it's not helpful. Yeah, and and that includes scripture. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and especially scripture because you have a lot of people out there fighting over what the Bible means you know what, what this passage means and, and things like that and some that you know they're so rigid and nope this is what it is and this is what it says boom this is the only way to understand it
1: yeah. and, and that's why you know, it's important as a, as a general to look at the over uh, the long arc of scripture right instead of saying oh well this verse says this therefore the Bible says this uh, there are verses in scripture that will justify just about anything but if you look at the whole arc of scripture does it does that play out
0: I always point out that Satan had no problem quoting Scripture
1: nope.
0: when he tempted Jesus. He came to Jesus and he says, hey, Scripture says this. And Jesus was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but Scripture also says this, and you're missing the point. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's what we do sometimes. And, and I don't think it matters um, who you are. You're going to occasionally miss the point.
1: Yeah, we yeah, all do.
0: Yeah, we're all I mean I look back on like some of my sermons from a long time ago and go, Whoa, wow, did I I missed the mark there, you know, um, on what I thought this was about and now how, you know, my, my understanding has evolved and changed over the years and and to be, Oh, wow, okay. I
1: regularly purge. Yeah. And then every now and then I'll pause and like, Wow. I wrote that. I <laughs> preached that.
0: Oh. Huh. Now, to be fair, every once in a while I'll go back and read something and I'll be like, dang, that was good. Same. Same. <laughs> I was like, hey, that was actually a pretty good sermon. Why did I remember that? Yeah, like, yeah. hey. And I-, I surprise myself sometimes. I'll read something and I'm like, wow, that's really well written. Who wrote that? Oh, I wrote that. What the heck? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I regularly purge, and then,
0: and then there are other times where it's like, ooh, yeah, this was this needs to go in the garbage, and no one ever needs to see this again. <laughs>
1: oh, iPad's full. Oh, I should delete stuff. So that I just go through it. And yeah, yeah, it
0: this 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 does not need to see the light of day ever again. Um, but to get back to your question too about the um, the word becoming flesh and living among us.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's really th- that's the link, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not two books, right? It, It's the Old Testament, it's the New Testament, but it's not, they're really not separate.
0: No. Um, Probably the most helpful things I ever kind of finally, like, I don't know when this finally dawned on me, but, you know, kind of, kind of dawned on me finally. I'm like, okay, so, so Torah means God's instruction. It's also, quote, God's word, word, instruction, whatever. And so when it's saying the word became flesh, it's saying basically Torah, God's instruction became flesh. And that means, oh, so all this stuff that is in, at least, you know, the first five books of the Bible and whatnot, um, you know, that all is wrapped up in Jesus. And that really shifted things for me um, in terms of, you know, people are like, oh, well, the law doesn't matter anymore. It's like, no, that's not what that means.
1: Um, You just get a personification of it. Right, and a more tangible way to look at it and go, oh,
0: way to relate to it, and right. and a way to to see it in action. I think is maybe also kind of part of it, where it's like it's one thing to say, okay, don't do this, don't do that.
1: It's one thing to read it, right? right. It's one thing to read it and go, oh, it says I should, I yeah, 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 I should care for the poor. Yeah. And then you yeah. see it in Jesus in, in action and go,
0: oh, that's what he means. Oh wow, that's that, what he, that's hard. Yeah. yeah.
1: As if it, I mean, it looks hard in the in the Old Testament too. But like, okay, it's the Old Testament. Okay. Oh, but Jesus is is personifying that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and th- that, like I said, that that became a very helpful link for me in terms of my understanding of quote quote law and gospel. Yeah, um, that you know all of Scripture basically then becomes both because you know if you if Jesus is the embodiment of those things, um, Jesus is the embodiment of God's law, He's also the embodiment of God's gospel. and he you know is is that that walking talking instruction. He's that walking talking, you know um, you know listen to Jesus kind of thing you know it's like you know when Jesus when Jesus talks people listen uh, supposedly yeah that's that's how that's supposed to work you know he's yeah. supposed to be um, a little bit more important than E.F. Hutton um, do they even have those commercials anymore no I okay. didn't
1: reference it somewhere and somebody looked at me I was like never mind
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you mean by E.F. Hutton it used to be a commercial yeah it used to be a commercial when E.F. Hutton speaks people listen um, but when Jesus speaks you know people are supposed to listen yeah. And, and kind of pay attention to, to what he's saying that he's hard. doing. It is. Um, it's hard
1: because it's countercultural. But it is, the word, it, is, it is the word made flesh.
0: Yeah. Well, it's countercultural and, let's face it, it sometimes goes very against what our natural inclinations are yeah. to do. Our natural inclination is self-preservation. Our yeah. natural incli- you know, that's an instinctual thing. Our natural uh, inclinations, our preservation um, to to hoard, to do you know these things to to preserve ourselves, and so to have this more altruistic perspective of hey we need to kind of care for one another. I'm not saying that's uniquely um, Jesus in any way, shape, or form. It's not. It's not uniquely. Judaism—it's not uniquely Christian. Um, You'll find that in, you know, all over the place. So, as as humans, we at some point in time have figured out that the wider culture and society is better off when we kind of work together and we don't always act in a selfish manner. Yeah. I I think the problem we're facing right now is that we've kind of regressed into this individualism to the point that. It it doesn't matter what wider society needs,
1: and then a word become flesh.
0: Yeah, and that and and that is not and that's not Jesus. Um, You know, Jesus was all about community. You know, it was um, not just about what you or whoever you know personally believes. It's about well, but how does this how does this help us to live together um, in a community? And not kill each other. <laughs>
1: or just treat each other like crap. Or,
0: or, you know, when I get mad at you, I kill you on the way. Uh, <laughs> um, of, you know, all of those kinds of things having to, to come together. Well, this is going to be a little shorter podcast than normal. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up because um, uh, I think we, we hear some of the Chad's children, um, bouncing around out there. Yes, <laughs> they are. My they guess is the, the, they, some of that may get picked up on the, they the, the, the microphone. They Um control. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're out there having fun. Uh, but we're, we're gonna wrap this up for, for today. And um, thanks for joining us. Um, again, if you are uh, interested in, in Pathways, uh, feel free to, to even just call call us up, talk to us. There's someone calling right There's now. There's someone calling right now. Somehow I doubt it's about that because they can't hear us um, live at the moment. So I seriously doubt that that's the issue that um, they're calling, whoever it is, is calling about. Um, however, uh, if you are interested in, like I said, in Pathways, a couple different things you can do. Um, you know, give us a call, um, send me an email. Um, come to church, sign up, whatever, uh, go to our website, check it out. The videos are all there. Um, now, like I said, this is and if you don't live close by and you still want to kind of go through it on your own, um, you know, you can, you can pull those videos up. And we do have virtual groups too. Yeah. We have virtual groups that are meeting via zoom. Um, we've got a couple of those, those going and, um, you know, they still get together via, you know, together via Zoom, but the everything's done online. Yeah. Uh, but I, I know at least one person I know of is kinda of trying to do it on their own and just go through through all the sessions and stuff like that and do some of the exercises. They we'll lose that study community But piece. they lose the community piece. And and that's the part that that is that is kinda of hard. Um, but I recognize not not everybody is in that kind of a position. But yeah. it's still useful information. It's still good information. Um, you know, I might be my, tooting my own horn kind, no, of, kind of thing. Um, but I think it's useful good information. Um, I've had some other friends who have taken, um, during Lent, they took the prayer section of it and she gave it to her congregation to, to go through because it's six sessions. She's like, six weeks, let's mm-hmm. do this prayer thing. And they went through it. Um, and I need to kind of, I actually need to follow up with her and see how all that went. (laughs) But uh, anyway, so that is uh, it for us this week. We will begin our narrative lectionary. (laughs) And the narrative lectionary story this weekend is (laughs) the flood.
1: So totally a happy note.
0: So you're talking about that wrath of God stuff, and you know these are the stories that people tend to remember. Yeah, this is one of them. It's going to be that fun. And covenant. Yeah, yeah. Covenant and well, and still mercy. And you know, in the midst of in, in the midst of um, when God's smacking our heads together because he's ticked off at us, um, still remembers that he loves us and shows us mercy. So we will talk to you more next week about the flood. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.